it's time to step up, take control of your business, and decide to be your very best as a leader right now. Hello, everybody. Mike Payton with the Lead Now podcast. And today it's my great pleasure to introduce my longtime friend, Brett Kaufman, founder and CEO of Kaufman Development, a residential real estate development company committed to creating spaces that optimize the human experience. Brett was named the Ernst & Young Emerging Entrepreneur of the Year in 2014, has been honored with Smart 50 and Fast 50 awards, and was recently listed at 657 on the Inc. 5000. Brett's an investor, coach, and speaker, and his goal is to create communities filled with meaning, interpersonal connection, and belonging. Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks. Mike, Peyton, Peyton, as I <laughs> affectionately refer to you, but it's a pleasure to be with you, buddy. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, I've been watching all the work you're doing from afar, enjoying the difference you're making with a lot of appreciation. So let me start by asking you to describe Kaufman development, where you've been, where you are, and what your hopes are for the future. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, thanks again for having me. It's fun to be doing this. You know, we go back a long time, you know, as we were both in different lives doing different things. And, you know, it's been fun to kind of watch you grow and to grow together. And this is, you know, awesome to do this with you. Kaufman Development. So I founded Kaufman Development. It's been about 10 years now. I'm really with the belief that I could find a way to love my work and my life and that they could be integrated and that I could provide that same experience for other people where they worked and where they lived, building communities that allowed people to connect to their passions, to their hobbies, to the things that appeared to be outside of work and where you lived and where you worked. And certainly for me, those things were saved for the weekends, for vacations, for retirement later in life. I was working kind of corporate America, had kind of worked in, you know, production uh, environments, environments that weren't really entrepreneurial. And um, I wanted to create a company where I could show up to work and wear jeans and t-shirts and laugh and, and go for runs in the middle of the day with my colleagues and just love what we did and really, you know, provide an opportunity for other people to have that same experience. And so that's, that's kind of what Kaufman Development was was based on. At the time, we used language like philanthropy, sustainability, wellness, and innovation. Today, you know, we're using language that's similar, but it's about consciousness. It's about creative expression, impact, and well-being. And it's really, you know, providing experiences that allow human beings to optimize their their life and their environment and their relationships. And and so, you know, we're, we're building real estate communities but we're flooding them with content and, and opportunities for people to enhance their lives. I am guessing that when you started sharing this idea with others, like most entrepreneurs, you ran into a lot of people who either didn't understand or didn't think it would be possible to be successful with what you were doing. Yes or no? Yeah, no question. You know, and, and it's funny because the process that I went through to arrive at wanting to do this work had me so convicted that this was what I was going to do and that there was a place in the world for it 
that none of that ever mattered to me. The only time that mattered was when like I would go out to get a bank loan and <laughs> nine out of the 10 bankers would say like, I don't get it. Never mind. No, thanks. Then it was like, all right, well, shit, you know, I need a banker. So other than that, like I never cared because I, I really had that kind of belief mm. that this was what I wanted to do and that it would work. Yeah. Well, for most of us, the more naysayers there are, the more resolute the conviction. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't really feel that way completely because sometimes that's really tough, you know, when you have yeah. to kind of really, you know, try to get people to get it that can be really exhausting and tiring as an entrepreneur to have to explain things over and over again and have people not really understand it. And then when it's done, they go, ah, this is great. You know, can we host our event here? You know? And so yeah. you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> it would have been nice if you got that at the beginning. But, but, you know, as Dan talks about, you know, we're both big Dan Sullivan fans, strategic coach, you know, he talks about free zone frontier. And so that's really what you're talking about, you know, and, and that I love, you know, where I see that there's an opportunity that I know it, there's a need for and nobody's in that space, then it's like run to that area. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, give us a sense of size or scope. How many units, square footage, whatever you use to describe the size of your business, how many employees? Yeah, well, we've kind of gone up and down both in, in numbers. You know, we, we sold a big portion of our portfolio wow. last year. So our company now is made up about 35 people. We manage probably about 500 units, a couple hundred thousand square feet of commercial space. We have a lot in the drawing board. So we're starting a second phase to our gravity project, which is kind of our latest and greatest and, and really where my passion lies. That second phase is another 450 units and a couple hundred thousand feet of office, fixed use retail. So um, we've got a bunch of the drawing boards, another new brand that we're building, which is a, a entirely wellness focused community. The entire community is going to be built around creating well-being opportunities for our residents. So there's there's kind of a lot that you know is coming late this year and, and into next year. Mm. But that's kind of the scale. I mean in general in general, you know, we've built over ten thousand units and you know probably a million square feet in commercial space. Mm. Okay. Thank you. And what does your role in the organization consist of? What's your typical day or week look like? Yeah, I mean, in kind of, you know, EOS terms, I'm the visionary. And, you know, really what's kind of happened is I've, you know, really squarely put myself in my unique ability. And so, you know, my role in the company is really limited to a few things. I'm, I'm really energized by that visionary part of the work, which includes the design, figuring out, you know, what the buildings should look like, what kind of buildings we should put where, you know, really getting into the nuts and bolts. I just was on a meeting, you know, prior to this with the landscapers, you know, I, I still love the kind of creative aspect. And that's, you know, kind of where I spend the majority of my time. The rest of my time, I would say, is really kind of on like the high level creation of the business. So, you know, I'm interfacing with my integrator, the president of our company who's running day to day, and we're just solving problems together. And there's a lot of just kind of like ideation, you know, well, that's a problem. Let me think about how we could maybe fix that. You know, what could I do to maybe help there? And so I do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and then kind of just out there talking about the business and, mm -hmm. and kind of sharing it with people. You know, I've launched my own podcast and doing a lot more speaking and, and, you know, really trying to 
share what we're doing with the world, which, you know, kind of this new CEO, you know, that's, that's kind of my role and that's what I love to do. Yeah. That's great to hear. I want to change the focus to your thoughts about leadership. And, and I know through your podcast and through your participation with groups like Strategic Coach, you're surrounded by leaders all the time, community, political, sports, et cetera. What's the earliest recollection in your life of recognizing someone is leading or recognizing a leader? Who was it? What were they doing? And what do you remember? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think that kind of I, I, I tend to, you know, on my podcast, you know, ask people to go back to the very beginning and talk about childhood. And, you know, oftentimes people will say that in hindsight, they can see things the way they seen them, right? When you're a kid, when you're young, you, you know, I wasn't thinking about leadership, right? right? Like leadership was not at all on my radar until like, I was well into my adult career, you know, like I was not a leader. I didn't know from leadership. I wasn't interested in leadership. I didn't know any leaders. Right. So, you know, this is all kind of in hindsight, but, you know, I think, you know, pretty clearly for me, the answer is my mother. When I was 10 years old, we had grown up in a household that was pretty chaotic. My dad was a addict, abusive. It was, it was, you know, really kind of just all over the place. And my mom mm. had managed having two young kids and put on a smile and given us a nice life and, you know, kind of shielding us from what she didn't want us to see until there was a point in time where she just couldn't do it anymore. She just knew it wasn't safe and that it wasn't healthy for her or for us. And she moved us. She got us out of that city, out of that house, out of that life. And she picked up and moved us to Columbus. And, you know, it's funny, you know, kind of thinking about it now as I see friends of mine who are getting divorced and who are single parents and who are kind of going through that part of life, right? It's very difficult. You know, you've got to manage a lot of things, right? And, you know, I didn't really understand that, you know, what she was doing. And to me, that was leadership. She mm -hmm. had courage. She had strength. She did some selfless things. And she really led by example, not just getting us out of there, but then like go forward, like, had to kind of dust ourselves off and keep going and like realize like life is good we're not letting it get us down we're gonna we're gonna make the best of this and we're gonna do that every day no question that was kind of my earliest recollection of watching somebody lead without really knowing what that was mm. and then when you find yourself in leadership positions or opportunities today and you've got to make a call or you've got to provide guidance you've got to show courage how does that hindsight recollection affect you yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, what it did for me was really kind of ingrain just the idea that you have a lot to be thankful for always, hmm. that there's, you know, perspective, that you can access strength, and that you can really, you know, kind of choose how you want to be with whatever is going on in your life, and that you can be strong to not let things get you down, hmm. not let things really level you. Now, I've had to do some calibration on that because I, for, for most of you know, my life, I kind of misunderstood and, and kind of spiritually bypassed, you know, the pain or the, the hard parts, you know, I would kind of jump to life is really good. I don't really need to feel that feeling. And I've kind of, <laughs> you know, had to learn like, so you got to give the feeling a minute too, before you start to just kind of go to next. 
But, you know, my mom was a part of that, you know, certainly in hindsight. I've had to do a lot of work to really understand these things, right? To really understand what it means to lead, to really understand what it means to kind of, those, those things are learned. And, you know, and for me, I've learned a lot of ways. There's been a coaching program, you know, that I've been involved with for 15 years now that taught me how to know who I am, what I believed, what my worldview was, you know, what my identity is, what my purpose is. And those things really guide me as a leader. I know, you know, kind of in my core, who I am and what I'm willing to say yes to, what I'm willing to say no to, when mm-hmm. the shit hits the fan, what we need to do most of the time. I mean, I'm not you know perfect, but th- but that kind of learning, that kind of work, those kind of modalities, coaching, landmark forum, meditation, therapy, you know, that's kind of how I've learned who I am. And once you know that, then you can lead. Hmm. What do you tell the listener who is afraid of that kind of work, Brett? Well, I think that that's okay. I mean, I think it's scary. I mean, this is this is tough, tough, hard work. So, you know, if you're not afraid of it, then, you know, I don't know, maybe you're you're stronger than I ever was. You know, it's scary, <laughs> scary stuff. I think that the best thing that you can do if it's scary, if it's, you know, scary to the point that you're not sure you want to do it, is just start real small. You know, just just do something. You know, the the only way forward is going through. You know, and and so you got to take a step, baby steps, and that's really where I think you can kind of start to see that that fear can serve you, that you can do this, but you you start small. Otherwise, it's too overwhelming and mm-hmm. it's very difficult to punch through. Yeah, thank you for that. Who's the best leader you've ever watched work? Somebody you worked for, with, or seen leading? Yeah, you know, I think that I've been really lucky. I've seen some some strong leadership in my career. I have learned nobody's perfect. So, you know, I could give you a lot of different names and, you know, poke holes in every one of them. In Columbus, Ohio, Les Wexner is by far the probably greatest leader this city's ever seen and i've had the pleasure of working for him in with him in business and in community work both from a columbus standpoint from a jewish community standpoint and in business and man you know that guy knows how to lead he knows how to you know really drive towards a big big vision and not stop until it's done. Hmm. And I've been able to, you know, learn a lot from him and watching him work. Again, you know, nobody's perfect. Certainly he's been through some really challenging times over the last couple of years and no question uh, a flawed human being. But from a, from a leadership standpoint, you know, I've really seen him do some incredible things in this community. Hmm. What are the kinds of things you think he does behaviors, characteristics, attitudes, attributes, tactics, strategies that make him such a successful leader? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with curiosity. Mm. He's an incredibly curious human being. And and I'm actually like curious to a point, like, for example, you know, in the Colby language, right? Like I'm a nine quick start. I'm a two fact finder, right? So I'm not going to like ever know as much about any subject that he knows a ton about art guns 
you know, you name it, right? Like you could ask him about anything and he could tell you the history. I mean, (laughs) he'll send books that are like, I'm like, how do you, where do you, where's the time first of all? But, but you know, he is super curious and hungry to learn, to know. And, you know, he's also, you know, really passionate about the history behind each one of these subjects. Uh, and, And then, you know, I think once he's got a vision, real clarity on what he wants he's been curious he's heard it all he's learned it all then he knows and here's what i want to do and then it's just like and that's where we're going and it's there's no hesitation about that that's exactly where we're going and and by the way here's how we're going to get there so let's go yeah and then you know you're either on on you know board or you're not but there's no hesitation yeah great Thank you for that detail. That's helpful for us eight fact finders, just so just so we're clear. How about the flip side? Have you ever worked with or for a lousy leader and describe what that felt like? Yeah. My first job out of college was at Huntington Bank. We uh, <laughs> both have some H-band in our blood. We do. And, you know, I thought I saw some really poor leadership when I was at the bank. It was nothing I actually knew at the time. In fact, what I decided was that's just kind of how business worked. That was like just work. Like you, you just kind of did the things that, you know, I I didn't know any different. I had never worked in any other environment, but you know, the poor leadership looked like a lot of clock punching at first, you know, you were in on time, you took your full hour lunch, you were out on time, you took your vacation, you know, you kind of passed the day and there was no other kind of enthusiasm or grit or energy that was like anything beyond like what was required in the day. And then, you know, as I moved into kind of more of the investment banking side of things there, it was like all about FaceTime, you know, who's the last person to leave, who's going to go out for drinks every night. You know, there was just like a lot of bad examples being set everywhere. I'll never forget when I was first working at Huntington, I wanted to take the high holidays off for the Jewish holidays. You know, I'm not a super observant Jew, but I, I wanted to take, you know, this one day off to go to synagogue. I'd done that my whole life, the holiest day of the year. And I went to my boss and said, you know, it's, it's Yom Kippur, I'm, I'm going to be off. And he was like, great, but you're out of vacation days. And I was like, oh, like you need a vacation day for that? Like I didn't. Right. And so this was like this, like to me, you know, it's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, like right. you've done a good job. You've worked hard. You've stayed late. You're up to like take the day off, you know, but that's just not how that world worked. No. Right. And so these were like big ahas for me. I, I'm, first of all, I happen to love the leadership at Huntington Bank today. It's a very different place than it was. It's fascinating to watch kind of uh, Steve Steinhauer, who I think is like another one of those guys I would put up there with a Wexner from a leadership standpoint, runs the bank today. But I am so fortunate that I had that experience because it really shaped me embodying what I did not like so much so that I knew I had to go start my own thing you know, down the road. Yeah. And if I'm summarizing, I'm hearing it's a check the box, follow the procedure, don't use judgment, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, let's apply some common sense. Let's reward people who are working hard. Let's that, that would be better than just that checking the box mentality. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of inherent and just in like risk management or banking in general, but it like it, it's so it's so down the middle that there's no freedom in it. Yeah. You know, there's no willingness to, to lose or win big that it's so constricted. And yeah. and that kind of leadership to me, I think, is like it's paralyzing. You can't you can't really get anywhere if you're going to really play it that down the middle. Yeah. So put that positive and negative experience with these two polar opposite approaches to leadership in a box and shake it and out comes your personal leadership style. How would you describe what you aspire to as a leader? Again, we're all flawed and we all make mistakes, but on your best day, how do you hope to show up as a leader, Brett? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good way to phrase it because, you know, I am definitely a work in progress and I, you know, don't show up in my best day every day, but I love the strong vision. You know, I, I love kind of having big, bold vision that, you know, really gets people energized and excited. And, and to me, like, that's how we recruit. That's how we retain. It's all because people want to be a part of that big idea. You know, they love the idea that they could go somewhere where they're aspiring to do big things and unique things and purposeful things. That to me is kind of maybe number one. Uh, what I've learned to do as a leader, which was really hard for me, is to delegate and trust and let go and just be kind of like, even with my kids, this is like, you know, a great learning that I've had is that it's like, it's not entirely with my kids. It's not my journey. It's their journey. I'm there to support them. I'm there to love on them. I'm there to to give them what they need. And that's you know, true as a leader at work too. It's everybody's on their own journey. We, we all know, thanks to EOS, like we know where we're going, right? We know what we need to do, get done, you know, in the next 90 days, right? We know what we, and so it's like, how can I support you? How can I help you? How can I just be there to help you get what you want to get done? Cause it's all part of the same thing. That That's what I've had to really pivot on when i first got started it was like no 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 like you get it done you know i'm up your ass yeah. you know i want to make sure you know now now it's like i've pivoted into you know just um you know kind of how can i how can i help hmm. interesting how did you make that pivot what were the moments along that journey that made you realize how important it was and commit to the hard work yeah, I mean, I think it's part of it just comes with experience and kind of, you know, maturing. And a lot of it really comes when you let go of fear and kind of worry and doubt, which for me came with uh, having success. You know, I was when I didn't have any money or I was just getting started, you know, things were very scary and fear was how I led. That was kind of my whole being. You know, you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, you know, if somebody makes that mistake, it's not going to kill me. <laughs> you know, so you so you you can let go easier, you can trust easier, and then you know, it's not just kind of like it's just become who I am, and it's not who I used to be, right? right? And that became through a lot of therapy and a lot of mistakes and a lot of other modalities that have just kind of got me to start to settle into who I really am and let go of all that other kind of, you know, attachment and, you know, kind of stuff that maybe was left over from childhood or maybe it was based on other things, you know, but it, it just wasn't really me. 
And, you know, that has just taken a lot of personal work to get there. Yeah. And I still am working on that. You know, I, I'm still working on it. Yeah. That. And I, I definitely see an indirect correlation between perfectionism and effective leadership in that the more afraid you are of anything going wrong, the less likely you are to empower others, tolerate mistakes, create an environment where people are encouraged to try things outside their comfort zone, et cetera. And so for me, therapy has been a big part of that journey as well, because I've had to learn to tolerate my own faults and the faults of the people around me through a lot of hard work, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your company is committed to wellness. When I hear you talk about yourself as a leader and other leaders you respect, wellness is a big part of it. So I want to spend more time than I would with other guests delving into that subject. Why do you think it's such a novel idea that that's part of a business like yours? Yeah, I mean, when I first started, there's some trends that have really come our way, which which is great. You know, I've said, you know, many times that if real estate developers all start building communities that are aimed at consciousness, that have, you know, meditation centers and yoga and you know, clean eating and, you know, opportunities to learn. Like if that becomes the thing that everybody's doing, that would be great. <laughs> I'll go do something else. Right. But we wouldn't start there. You know, when I, when I first walked into the bank and my jeans and my t-shirt, you know, and said, <laughs> I want to build this community and we're going to do meditation and have community gardens and composting and, you know, all the stuff that we were doing inspire the world day, you know, they were like, yeah, so what's the net operating income? And can you show me the rents, you know, and how they comp out to, you know, the, the, the rest of the where do you neighborhood. Put, so, where do you put yoga on the spreadsheet again? Yeah, right. It, it didn't belong in the pro forma. But, you know, today, those guys are the ones that are calling me and saying, you know, I'm interested in meditation or they show up at an event or, you know, mm. they loosen their tie and they, you know, so the world is a very different place. Same for kind of our philanthropic events, you know, and, and really, I guess to answer your question, you know, it's it, wellness is, you know, we, we say well-being now because, mm -hmm. you know, it, we're not just focused on the, the physical self, mm -hmm. you know, we're focused on the whole self. And so, you know, that encompasses fun, you know, that encompasses art, you know, that it's different things for different people. You know, some people prefer meditation. Some people prefer yoga. Some people like to cycle. Some people like to run. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of different things that kind of make up the well-being of the human being therapy, coaching, you know, all of these things, there's a million different modalities. And to me, you know, it really just comes like why wellness, why well-being? it's because that is my passion. I want to see human beings live well, be well, be healthy, you know, be happy. I, you know, I get joy in trying to have some small role in making somebody else's life improved, happier, better, more, you know, successful, thriving, whatever. That's the thing that I love to do. And so that's why we do that as a company. That's the reason why. Now, it also happens to be like a really good place to be right now. I mean, that it's a very trendy and, 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 you know, thank God this is a good trend, but you know, I also think it's a free zone frontier to be building communities this way. Yeah. 
And my experience over the last 15 years working with thousands of entrepreneurs is your ability to be great at something for a sustainable period of time about which you have no passion is minuscule at best. And so yeah, if you right. love it and you're excited about it, you're going to be great at it. And if you don't, you won't. And so thankfully, the rest of the world seems to be catching up with you, Brett. Yeah. And I've kind of said to our team, you know, over the years is like, you know, we were first kind of building like big amenities, big gyms, big community rooms, all this kind of stuff, you know, working off of iPads and, you know, ditching the business center and creating meditation spaces. You know, when people started to catch up to us and they were starting to do that, you know, my team would say like, oh, they've got, you know, better amenities. So yeah, yeah but they don't actually care they're not passionate about it. They're just mm. doing what they think they're supposed to do. So we're going to keep innovating. We're going to keep doing what we love because this is actually who we are. We're not, this isn't like we're trying to catch a trend. This is who we are. We built the whole company on people that love this work. So it's, it's easy when it's authentic. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the biggest win or your biggest success as a leader. What have you high-fived with your family about the most in your career? Well, you know, I, probably not as much of a high five with my family on, on this, you know, to answer your question, but w the thing that I high five the most with my coworkers or maybe just even, you know, on my own, there's nothing that makes me happier than when somebody leaves our company to hmm. go do something that they love. Hmm. We say that we want people on fire either with us or somewhere else. Hmm. What we don't want them is in the middle, kind of dead man walking, right? We, we want people that are on fire either here or somewhere else. So every once in a while, somebody will stop me on the street or come up to me at a restaurant and say like, hey, I'm living my, we call it opus. I'm living my opus. Like I got it because of working with you, for you mm. in this company. And now I have a life that I love and I love my work and it's one. When that happens, and I've been fortunate enough to see that happen, you know, a bunch and, and a lot of people catch fire, you know, where, you know, with, within the company too. I've had, you know, uh, uh, coworkers get married, fall in love, right? You know, there's, there's all kinds of life transforming moments that happen when you're in kind of a growth centric environment. And, and to me, that is the, like the ultimate yeah. high five. Yeah. Awesome. And then any moment that you wish you had back, any leadership challenge point where you were stuck or flat out failure that you wish you could do over? Well, we definitely don't have enough time to <laughs> tell you all of those. You know, I think when I was first getting started, I was just really tough on people. You know, I think I was really tough on some people that were kind of high up in the organization, contractors, some friends that I did business with. I was so worried about kind of failing. I was so worried that, you know, we would not perform and that I don't know what would happen. You know, we would lose money or, you know, something bad would happen. I don't even know kind of what it was. It could have been anything that I was not that nice to people. I had this kind of like, I love what I do. I want everybody to love where they work. I want to build communities where people love where they live. 
And yet, you know, I wasn't really being that nice all the time. And I think I had it kind of confused that like, that was what was necessary mm. to perform at a very high level. And I later kind of learned that like, you don't have to do it that way. Mm. You just don't. And, and I think that, you know, kind of was where I was weakest. You know, I was just a little too hard on people. Mm. Was that a realization that happened gradually over time or did something happen to trigger that? Aha. No, it just came over time. I mean, it really just kind of came with my own transformation and mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, doing my own personal work. And then, you know, like I said, you know, experience and just maturing and having a few bucks in your pocket doesn't, doesn't suck. You don't care about every penny when, you know, mm -hmm. you have a few more. So it just came over time. Yeah. Interesting. So one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you today is because you play a very active role as a leader in multiple parts of the world. So community, spiritual, family, business. And so I want to talk to you about anything you notice in terms of similar characteristics or different characteristics between, say, a business owner being a leader and a community leader. What do you see in common and what do you see as different? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of going back to, you know, the answer I gave you about my mom and kind of some of the stories I've shared just as it pertains to being a father, I don't think there's a lot of difference really in kind of what it takes to be a leader in any of those areas. I think if you kind of look at the leadership of our country or if you look at, you know, highly successful leaders in sports, I think you've got to have you know, the same kind of set of tools. And, and I think, you know, really, you got to really know who you are, number one. You know, you got to really be pretty clear about who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And I think, you know, like if you watch the Michael Jordan last dance, you know, that was kind of a fun quarantine thing for me and the boys, you know, Jordan gets kind of mixed reviews, right? You know, not a lot of people liked it, but he, he didn't care. He knew who he was and he knew what he wanted to accomplish. And, you know, I think, you know, there's probably a piece of him that like in hindsight might go, eh, you know, I would have done that one differently, or maybe I was too tough on this guy, you know, but, but at the end of the day, like, you know, he's like trophies, you know, I wanted trophies and I got them and I knew what it took. And I think that's true. Like with your kids, I want loving relationships. You know, I want, I want really close, deep, loving relationships with my children. I'm not looking for kids that are going to like go to Ivy league schools or work on wall street or what, like I'm, that's not my, that's not what I'm trying to accomplish here. Um, if it was, I'd be up their ass, you know, <laughs> but, but it's not, I, I, I want them to be like beautiful human beings. So I just, you know, try to love on them as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I think it's, it's kind of, you know, knowing who you are, and then knowing what you want. Hmm. And that is the common trait for leaders, no matter where you are in the world. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you. A last question for the younger, less experienced leader, business owner, community leader, somebody who sees potential in themselves and wants to make great things happen in the world. What advice would you give them to grow and flourish as a leader? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit, you know, repetitive, but I think, you know, you, you it really starts with you. You know, you really got to do your own work and you really got to try to tune out the noise. And leadership to me is about really 
being able to go forward towards your goal, towards what you want to accomplish without worrying about everybody else. And it's a fine line because along the way, like for young people, you know, I could say, get a mentor, right? You you have to listen to people, right? There's a lot of wisdom out there. So, you know, you want to listen, you want to listen to people that you trust, people that you admire, people you want to be like, and and then you want to just also ignore a lot and (laughs) and be your own person. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the nuance and that's kind of the dance, you know, it's in the paradox. It's how do you listen? How do you be curious? You know, like we talked about, like really, really hungry, really, really curious. And also, you know, kind of tune out a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think for young people, you just start at the bottom, you know, you start, get, get into the thing you love as fast as you can and whatever spot you have to go to get there. Don't wait for another day. Don't wait till you have enough money. Don't wait until X, Y, and Z happens. Like, no, right away. And, and even if you're wrong, even if you end up realizing you don't want to own the restaurant, you're, you don't know why you're a bus, but like, okay, fine. You know, um, you'll learn what you need to learn. That's, you know, you know, I did not follow what I loved when I came out of school, but I learned so much mm-hmm. uh, along the way that serves me still to this day. Yeah. And in, in fact, there's the, no wrong. Yeah. The, mis- nothing, the Nothing's wasted. Well, the mistakes are faster learning journeys too, right? Knowing what you don't love helps you narrow it down to find what you do for sure. Yeah, for sure. Brett, I could spend another hour talking to you, but I won't in honor of your time and and ours. Before I let you go, please tell the listener where they can go to find out more about you and Kaufman Development. Sure. You can visit any of our websites, uh, Live Kaufman, gravityproject.com. My own personal website's brett-kaufman. Brett Kaufman on Instagram. You can find me kind of on all the social channels. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's been awesome to do this with you. And I love seeing what you're up to and being a part of it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you making this a great experience for me and giving the listeners tons of gold. Please pay attention. Brett's doing amazing things in the world. And if you want to be your best self, learning from him as a mentor would be a great idea. Thanks again, Brett. Thank you. If you got value from today's episode, do me a favor. Open your podcasting app and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. If you've already subscribed, please subscribe one of your friends. 